Can you please read it? 
This is a great mystery. This is a great mystery. Great mystery. Right? Mysteries are truths that that's that's hard to grasp. Alright? The secret. So he says this is a great mystery. So secrets are kept. Alright? Secrets are kept. Secrets are kept. Secrets are kept. So if he says that whatever it is he's talking about that is a great mystery, that means it is kept. It is withheld. It is preserved. And one thing about secrets, especially the secrets of God, is that they are likely disclosed. They are likely disclosed, rather. So he says, this is a great mystery. Not just a mystery. A great mystery. In the Bible, you read regarding several mysteries, right? Uh, the first mystery, the Bible speaks about Christ being the mystery of God, right? And then we hear Paul telling us about uh, the mystery of rapture. He says, behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but what shall we all be caught up, right? That's a mystery. That's a mystery. And then he speaks about a great mystery. A great mystery. And notice, notice, this, this, according to the Bible, is a greater mystery than the mystery of Christ. It's a greater mystery than the mystery of Christ. Look at chapter number 3. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, if indeed you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God that was, which was given to me for you, that by revelation. So mysteries can only be unveiled through revelation. Revelation is the Greek word apocalypto. It means to uncover something. All right? It means to uncover something. Uncover a truth in this sense. Is how that by revelation he made known to me the mystery, as I have briefly written already, by which when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Notice he does not say the great mystery of Christ. Mm. It's in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of man. Did you notice that? So the ages he's talking about are not ages relating to the pre-existence of man. It's ages within the existence of man because it's a mystery that has not been revealed in the past ages to the sons of man. So this mystery was not revealed in the age of the first man, Adam. It was not revealed in the age of the second man, I mean, uh, the age of uh, Noah, nor the age of Abraham, nor the age of <coughs> Moses. But it was revealed in the time of the appearing of Jesus Christ. 
All right? As it has now been revealed by the Spirit to His holy apostles and prophets. So it's a mystery. Read verse uh, 9. He says, uh, verse 8 says, To me who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. And to make all men see what is the relationship of the mystery of which from the beginning of the ages now this he now refers to the beginning of the ages that means when the first age began right an age is a period in which God deals uh, with a certain part of his creation that's an age or a dispensation okay so he says which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God who created all things through Jesus Christ so this this mystery he says was hidden in God it was hidden inside God since the beginning of time to the intent oh God to the intent that the complicated, complex. You understand that? Mm -hmm. That's what that word manifold means. The complex, many-sided wisdom of God might be made known by the church. This is why this mystery has been hidden. He's telling us the purpose uh, to which this mystery has been hidden. He says, God hid it in himself. To the intent, to the purpose that now, 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 the complicated wisdom of God. Oh, do you know what, what is the wisdom of God? The wisdom of God is is God's genius, God's intelligence. I mean, when you look at the tree, right? How, how can all big trees today, right? They all grew from a little seed. Little seed. Science. That's science beyond science. And that's just one part of God's wisdom. His way of creation. So he says, God's complicated wisdom was purpose that it would be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. I've got to explain that to you. Let me get this to you in the Amplified. That I can, I, 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 I'll explain this to you. This is remarkable. Paul says, let me read you from verse 8, okay? To me, though I am the very least of all the saints of God's people, this grace, which is undeserved, was graciously given to the Gentiles. The good news of the incomprehensible riches of Christ. That spiritual wealth, which no one can fully understand. Who has, who has this, this is a later uh, version of the Amplified. Who has an older one? 
Who has amplified here? You have amplified? Okay. Uh, give it to the short man over there. Read it, sir, please. Verse 8. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, mm -hmm. God's consecrated people, there's grace, favor, privilege, mm. was granted and graciously entrusted to proclaim to the Gentiles the unending, boundless, bottomless. Did you hear that? The unending, boundless, fathomless. <laughs> yeah? Incalcul incalculable. <laughs> yeah? And exhaustless. And exhaustless. Riches of Christ. Riches of Christ. Wealth which no human being could have searched out. Listen to what he's saying. He says, wealth which no human being could have searched out. And he says, the grace to dig it out is given me. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. That through the preaching of the gospel. As he preaches the gospel, he, 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 he unravels the wealth of Christ. That is inexhaustible. You can't exhaust it. Yep, continue. Also to enlighten all men and make plain to them what is the plan. Regarding the Gentiles and providing for the salvation of all men. To, to enlighten man regarding the plan the plan there is a plan you see that there is a plan there is a plan not only not only for the Jews but for the Gentiles oh man there is a plan yep of the mystery kept hidden in the ages so this plan is in the mystery. This plan is in understanding the mystery. When you understand the mystery, the whole plan is in front of you. Understandable. When you understand the mystery. So the plan is locked up in our understanding, our synthesis of the mystery. And concealed until now. Concealed until now. Yep. And the mind of God who created all things by Christ in the mind of God who created all things by Christ Jesus. Yep. That's the end of verse 9. Yep. Verse 10. The purpose. The purpose. You see that? The purpose. The purpose of all this. The purpose of all this is what? That through the church. That through the church. Hallelujah. Yep. The complicated. The complicated. Amen. <laughs> Yeah, many sided wisdom of God in all its infinite variety. Did you hear that? In all its infinite variety, that means you can't end God's wisdom, it's unendless. And an immutable aspects might now be made known, might now be made known to who the angelic rulers and authorities. That's God's plan, that's God's purpose. That through the unraveling of the mysteries, we might become teachers Hallelujah. of the heavenly rulers. Hallelujah. That is plan. That through the many-sided, complicated wisdom of God, in all its infinite varieties, 
we might teach and school the angels. I don't believe these things. Let me show you something. First, it's Corinthians. Yes. You are more important than what you thought. Do you understand that? You are more important. <coughs> so I'm more important. I'm more important than what I thought. Yeah, 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 yeah. You are important. You are in First Corinthians, Second Corinthians, chapter number. First Corinthians chapter number six. Mm -hmm. Let me read you from verse number one. Okay? What I want to read you is in verse three, but I want to read you verse number one. Verse one says, Dare any of you, having a matter against another, go to the law before the unrighteous, and not before the saints. Do you hear what Paul is saying here? Do you hear what his argument is? He's saying the saints, the saints, the saints have a greater platform to judge matters of life than do the unredeemed judges or unrighteous judges who exercise their judicial authority to give out judgments. So he say, how dare you, being a Christian, take another Christian to court? To those who are unrighteous. Now listen to this. It says, do you not know that the saints will judge the world? <clears throat> Verse 2 says, do you not know that the saints will judge the world? <laughs> do you not know that the saints, the saints, the saints will judge the world? will judge the world. The saints will judge the world. Christians, he says, will judge the world. Do you not know? 
And if the world will be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters? This is the logic of the Spirit. This is the logic of the Spirit. He says, if the world will be judged by you, what makes you think that you can't judge lighter matters? Then he says something. Do you not know that we shall judge the angels? This is the Bible. It's the Bible. Says, Do you not know that we shall judge the angels? No, he, he just said now that we shall judge the world, the cosmos, the system, and the men, the women and men of the world. says we shall judge them. That means we must possess a superior knowledge to enable us to judge the world. Because you are a judge because you have what? You have learned the law. Right? And therefore, because of your acquaintance with the law, you are able to judge impartially with the law and by law. So the thinking of God concerning the saints, Christian, is that they will judge the world. They will judge the world. When? When? Remember uh, Revelations? Revelations 20? The great white throne? That's where we judge the world. This is the Christians. One day, Peter asked Jesus, he says, we've been serving you. What reward will we have? He said, he said in the regeneration, you twelve shall sit with me on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. He told them, that's your reward. You will sit on thrones. Amen. Now, Paul says, you will judge the world. And then he says, do you not know that we shall judge the angels? Telling us that we will judge the angels based on the things that they have done. So angels can make mistakes. Oh. Otherwise, why would they need judgment? Oh. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> and we shall judge the world. We, we shall judge the world. And we shall judge the angels. <laughs> How much more things that pertain to this life? You, you, you hear what he's saying? He's saying you can lay judgment on the issues of life. Oh God. You, you, you. That's what he's saying. You can lay judgment on the, the issues of life. Issues that may pertain your brother and issues that may pertain you. You can lay judgment on them. Say so you are guilty. Who is the Christian? Well, what do you mean? I say this to your shame, verse 5, that there is not a wise man among you, not even one, who will be able to judge between his brethren. But brother goes against, goes to law against brother, and that before unbelievers. This is shameful. Why? Because the Christians have not yet understood their role 
in the community of this world. They've not yet understood who they are. So they play mouse and cat like the world. They fight on the same platforms with the world. Paul says, though we live and walk after the flesh, we do not carry out our battles in the flesh. For our weapons are not carnal, but are mighty through God. Is the purpose is that we, through the many folded, complicated, that means we are custodians of the wisdom of God. The church today possesses a greater degree of the wisdom of God than all the saints and the patriarchs in the Old Testament. Greater even than Solomon. But they must understand the mystery. It's not your praying that unlocks this thing. It's not your good works that unlocks this thing. It is revelation. It is apocalypto. It is the grace to reveal. You see, that's, that's one thing that I think many of God's ministers should be praying for all, all over the world. The grace to unravel the mysteries of God. Because without this grace to demystify the mysteries of God, the church cannot come into its own. We cannot grow. We cannot come into office to exercise the legal rights to which we are all entitled in Christ Jesus. Why? No revelation, no mystery revealed. And no mystery revealed, no life to live. Colossians 1. And I will go back to Ephesians 5. So we shall judge the angels. What runs into your mind when you think about it? Think about this, Mr. Fad. If it's logic, if you judge the angels, the angels have a greater authority than Satan and demons. We all agree? Amen. We all agree? Amen. If your ultimate, ultimate purpose as a Christian is to judge angels, what more the demons? So a Christian has no business being patronized by an evil spirit. Because he's a judger. You understand that? We are judges, both of good angels and bad angels. Colossians. Soon and very soon, we are going to see the king. Hallelujah, hallelujah, we are going to see the key. No more dying then. We are songs of weaklings. Weaklings sing those songs. No more dying then. What about here? Because you are saying, here there's dying here. That's what you are saying in verse here. Sometimes, let's go. Season over. Season over. Dear Lord Jesus.
You there? became a minister according to the stewardship from God which was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God, the mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations but now has been revealed to his saints. To them, God will to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles which is Christ in you. He says, this is the mystery. God kept it for you. He says, he kept it for our glory. For our glory. First Corinthians. Dear Lord Jesus. Dear Lord Jesus. Dear Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Say, I'm somebody to God. I'm somebody to God. Verse 30. <coughs> First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. You there? But of him you are in Christ, of God. But of God you are in Christ. Christ Jesus who became. The other day I was thinking. Lord, this is what I was thinking. I said, Lord, there is so much to be known in this life. And then just as I thought that, my spirit almost responded and said, but there's nothing that you'd want to know that you cannot know. <laughs> he says, but of him, of him, of God, are you in Christ Jesus? Who became for us? Read that. Who became for us? Wisdom from God. Says Jesus, who became for us? Wisdom, Sophia, the insight into the realities of God and life. Jesus, he says, he's our Sophia, he's our wisdom. He's our wisdom. He does not have Jesus, he's our wisdom. Jesus is our wisdom. Because Jesus is the mystery. Jesus is the mystery, and he says he's our wisdom. First Corinthians. Give that body uh, again the, the amplified. First Corinthians 1. No, Ephesians. Ephesians 1. Ephesians 1. <laughs> Ephesians 1, verse number 17. Please read verse number 17. Mm 
always pray the call of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. The Father of glory. Yeah. That he may grant you a spirit of wisdom. That he may grant who? 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 Who is Paul talking to? The church. Paul is talking to the church. He says, I'm praying for the church. That God, the Father of glory, may give unto you what? The spirit of wisdom. Yeah. And revelation. The spirit of wisdom and revelation. The spirit of wisdom and revelation. Now, I want you to listen carefully to how Paul coins this prayer. Okay? Read there. The spirit of wisdom and revelation of insight. Of, of insight. The spirit of wisdom and revelation of insight. Of insight. Illumination. Into what? Into mysteries. Into mysteries. Yeah? And secrets. And secrets. And in the deep oh, <laughs> in the deep and intimate what knowledge of God he says the spirit of wisdom the spirit of revelation is granted to the church to grant the church what insights into mysteries and secrets of the deep and intimate knowledge of God what is what is the apostle saying he is saying to know God is to live says the more you know God, the more of life you can navigate. The more of life you can conquer. Moses. You know, I love that story so much because it, it reveals something about what God thinks about man. Moses goes to God and praise. God says, don't pray. He says, don't pray. That's what God says. He says, don't pray. He says, why are you praying to me? Don't pray. Tell my people to go forward. Then he says, you now stretch forth your hand over the sea and part it hither and thither. That my people may pass through dry ground. God says that to Moses. It says, you stretch your hand and put it in the secret. Before that day, it was not known. It's a secret. It's a secret. That the waters can be congealed. Do you know what it means to be congealed? That they could stand up straight. You know, I, throughout the years, One thing I've always thanked God for is the ability to read the Bible with the emotions of the Spirit. Because as you, as you read such stories, all of a sudden you are there. You are there. And it's like you are seeing what the man is doing. The Bible says when Moses stretched forth his head over the Red Sea, the Bible says, a wind from the Lord. <laughs> Where was that wind? Where was that wind? That's why the Bible talks about the spirit of wisdom and revelation. For insight into mysteries and secrets about life. And here we are, living like beggars. You lack one thing, the spirit of wisdom. The spirit of wisdom. Because once you have the spirit of wisdom, life is not a mystery anymore. 
Life is not a mystery anymore. This is of insight, insight, insight into mysteries and secrets of the deep, the deep and intimate knowledge of God. Let's go back to Second Corinthians, First Corinthians, chapter two. Oh dear God, dear God, dear God, dear God, la dear God. It's, it's Bible. You see that? It's not human opinion. Human opinion cannot get to these conclusions. It's impossible. That's why when you hear a minister unable to touch these things in his life of ministry, you know he's preaching human opinions. <laughs> because the natural man is afraid to touch these things. I mean, to say that you, you shall judge the angels, this you, who is struggling now in his life. <laughs> <laughs> Who's having a hard time managing their life. I mean, they are facing crisis after crisis and you're saying, you shall judge the angels. <laughs> Only God can judge. <laughs> Only God can say that. The Spirit of God said to me, keep my word as it is. Do not change my word for nothing. Amen. 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 His word is his word. His word is Jesus says, heaven and earth shall pass. Amen. But not one word, not one jot or tittle shall by any means pass away. Ah. Yeah. In comparison to the word, heaven and earth are temporary. God's word is eternal. Amen. You there? Amen. Okay. Chapter 2. He says, And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. However, 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 we speak. We speak. He's, listen to what he's saying. We speak wisdom. He's not saying we are speaking about wisdom. He's not saying we are speaking of wisdom. He says we speak wisdom. We speak it. We speak it. We what? Speak it. Not about it. We speak it. We speak wisdom. Among those who are mature. Yet not the wisdom of this age. Nor of the rulers of this age. Who are coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God. In, in a concealed language. In a mystery. We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. The hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. You know that hidden wisdom right? is Christ. So we speak Christ. Because Christ is of God made unto us what? Wisdom. So we speak Christ among them that are mature. Among those that are immature, we speak about him. You understand that? I. Among the mature, we speak him. So he's telling us that Christ is revealed through words. 
He's revealed through word. He's released. God by words is released in our lives. So we speak Christ. We speak. We speak Christ. Just for our will. Ephesians 5. Christ. Glory. Glory. Ephesians 5. Read. Yep. This is a great mystery. So, it, everything we read there, you never read anything about a great mystery. Alright? Amen. Everything was just mystery, 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 mystery. Hmm. And then he comes here and he says, Okay. Do this. Read verse number 30. Read it slow. Oh, we are what? Members. We are? Members. We are? Members. We are? Members. We. We. You. Me. We are? Members. Members. Limbs. Parts. Of his? Both corporately and individually, we are members of his body and of his flesh and of his bones. Jesus is finished without you and me. He's finished. He is finished. Read the last verse of Ephesians chapter 1. Someone, someone, someone. Go read it, uh, Bambo. The last verse of Ephesians chapter 1. Which is his body. Which is his body. Yeah? The fullness of him who fills all in all. He's the church. Right? He made him to be head over the church. Which is his body. The fullness of him. Is the fullness of who? Hey. Hey. <laughs> That's a question you must ask. Amen. Who is the fullness of who? The church is the fullness of the one who fills everything. So the one who fills listen what listen to the communication. Jesus fills all in all. He fills the whole universe. But then he says the church is his fullness. So the one who fills everything is incomplete without the church. Why? We are members. We are members of his body, members of his flesh, and members. That means we are the part of him that constitutes his body, that constitutes his flesh, that constitutes his bones. So he, we are his bones. Do you get that? That means without the bones, Jesus is unstructured. Without the flesh, Jesus is unclothed. 
Without the body, Jesus is incomplete. So, I don't know what you think when you think we are the body of Christ. No, it's not just a spiritual term. It's a literal term. We are the body of Christ. Individually, you are the body of Christ. Corporately, we are the body of Christ. We are the body, members, limbs. We are his limbs. That's why we fulfill him. Do you understand that? Amen. That's amazing. In verse 32, he'll tell you, why? This is a great mystery. How is it possible? How is it possible? How is it possible? He is immobile without you. If you don't move, he can't move. The church is the voice of Christ that can be heard in the world. The presence of Christ that can be heard in the world. The church. And he says this is a great mystery. Now it's no longer talking about Christ. Read, read verse 32. Read verse 32. You'll see why this is a great mystery. He says, for this is a great mystery. Christ alone is a mystery. Christ alone is a mystery. But Christ with the church is a great mystery. So he says, this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning the man and the woman. Yes, sir. Can you see that? I speak concerning the man and the woman. So to really understand this mystery, you must go back way into Genesis. Because he's talking about what? The husband and the wife being a great mystery. And we must go back to the pristine origin of where we see husband and wife. Because it is Adam that paints the picture of the great mystery between Christ and the church. They are the supreme revealers of this great mystery. So what does that tell us? Everything boils down way to Genesis. Everything. You read, you read Revelations 22. He is seeing Genesis. The end is revealed from the beginning. Is that what not the Bible says about God? I speak the end from the beginning. The completion is revealed at the beginning. So who must we really study here? Adam. Not Jesus. Adam. Because Adam is our first point of reference to what God and man and man and woman. And that's why the body of Christ today has had a hard time understanding what the epistles are saying. And what the epistles, the Spirit of God is revealing through the epistles. Because the church has not really understood the purpose of man. Because once we understand the purpose of man, we feed ourselves into it. And the mystery now becomes a revealed truth. A fact of life. A way of life. Read that again. 
This is a great mystery. But I speak concerning Christ. Nevertheless, Paul couldn't get into it. You see that? He couldn't. Just nevertheless. I speak. nevertheless. Let each one of you love. He, he, he almost left this thing. I'll tell you why. Because he was not married. That's what I said to you last week, right? Yes, he was not married. So this part of the revelation, he could not get further into it. The Spirit of God wouldn't allow him. Because this is as far as he could go. Because it was even a great mystery to him. It was as far as he could go. If Jesus without the church is incomplete, oh. what is man without woman? Oh. And this is the reason for why Africa has been cursed. Do you know? Do you, you know that's been the number one reason? Apart from the curse? Do you know that? In Africa is the woman honored. In Africa. In traditions, in cultures, is the woman honor. Then why do we have so many men broke, suffering? It's because of that. It's because of that. Mm. We'll talk about that. Oh, we'll talk about that. <laughs> Let's go back to Things, eh? Do you know what? Mm. Yeah, because you've been living according to man mm. and not according to God. Mm. But it's fine, we'll fix that. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Genesis, let's go back to Genesis. Genesis 1. Let's try and do some digging, okay? Genesis 1. Verse number, verse number, so much in here. Let's read verse 26. Hey, let's, let's leave those things. We're only finish. Verse 26. Verse 26. Please read it. 
God says, let us make. Now, it's strange because when you when you read that verse in the way it's supposed to be read, there is no such thing as let us. No, there's no such thing as let us. The translators included it there to make it sound right. But in so doing, they threw us off course. What it should read there is make man in our image. Are you, uh, did you hear that? Amen. How? Is the same? Is not the same? Let us make man. Let us make man and make man in our images to be with Make man is talking to someone. Yes. Let us. He's putting himself in. Last week I told you this that when it came to 26, God includes his plurality. You understand that? He includes his, if you read throughout where he's making, it's only in the singular, and God, and God. But here he says, and God says, make man in our image. Make man in, who is he talking to? Who is he telling? Make man. Oh, let me show you. Oh, oh dear Lord Jesus, we give you praise. Oh. Job 33. Hey, praise God, praise God. Oh, Lord Jesus. So it's not let us make man. Alright? Is make man. Make man, make man in our image, not let us, oh. as if he's talking to all of themselves, no, make, so you can understand who's talking here, and who is he telling, chapter 33, verse 4, you there? Yes. You there? Amen. Read. The Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. Read that again. The Spirit of God has made me. Oh. The Spirit of God. The Spirit of God has made me. The Spirit of God has made me. And the breath of the Almighty has given me life. Who is he talking about here? The Holy Spirit. Make man in our image. Who is he addressing? The Holy Ghost. And who is the Holy Spirit in his fullness? The seven spirits of God. Make man in our image. So man was made taking the images of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And within God, the Holy Spirit is the seven spirits of God. 
So in how the spirit of God made man, he took into factorization the spirit of Lord, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of might, the spirit of knowledge, the spirit of the fear of the Lord. So when he made him to resemble God, man looked like wisdom. Man looked like the Lord. Man looked like understanding. Man looked like counsel. Make man in our image. Make man. And God said, make man. And Elohim. Elohim. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit said, make man in our... Who is he talking to? Who is he talking to? What are you talking to? <clears throat> and they shall come. What a root from the stem of Jess. Yes. And the branch. And upon him shall the spirit of the Lord rest. Ooh. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And he shall not judge according to the hearing of his ears. Nor according to his sight. Oh, <clears throat> the spirit of God has made me. And the breath of the Almighty God has given me understanding. In effect, who do you look like? So the first Adam, right? The first Adam should have and must, I mean the second Adam in his coming must resemble the first Adam. Amen. You agree on that? Amen. You agree on that? Amen. So the one who made the first Adam must also make the second Adam. Yes. We all agree? Amen. Matthew. <laughs> Thank you, dear Lord. <sighs> Verse 18. Chapter 1, Matthew. Verse 18. Please read it. Now the birth of Jesus Christ. Now the birth of the second Adam. Mm -hmm. The birth of the second man was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Jesus. Before they came together. Read there. She was found with child of the Holy Spirit. So this validates, make man, like make man in our image was talking to who? The Holy Spirit. Because the second man, Adam, was found, what the child of who? The Holy Spirit. Not the child of God, the child of the Holy Spirit. So when God said make man in our image, he was talking to who? The seven spirit of God to go and make man in their image. You getting that? So Jesus Christ, being child of the Holy Spirit, qualifies that God was talking to the Holy Spirit. In the middle of Job got it. He says, the Spirit of God has made me. Has made me. So man is made in the image of the seven spirits of God. Tremendous news. Tremendous news, I tell you. Because then, you can understand a little bit about who you are and a little bit about what you possess. 
because the Holy Spirit, you must, okay, you must understand who the Holy Spirit is, okay? You must understand who the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is not the, the least of the Godhead. The Holy Spirit in the Godhead is the major force. Okay, let me. Alright. Read verse. Read uh, Psalms. Read Psalms. Let's go to Psalms quickly. Let's go to Psalms quickly. I want you to understand this, right? Let's go to Psalms quickly. Oh, my God. Oh, sorry. Psalms chapter number 91. Psalms chapter. Okay, let's read 90. Let's read 90. Psalms 90. Lord Jesus. Psalm 90, verse 1. He says, Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. You have been our dwelling place. You know, I don't want to touch there. It says, before the mountains were brought forth, mm. or ever you had formed the earth and the world, even from what? Everlasting to everlasting, you are El or Elohim. El. El. See, when, when you read the Bible in English, you are thinking, in the beginning, God created. The heavens and the earth is the same as from everlasting to everlasting you are God. No, it's not. In the beginning is Elohim. From everlasting to everlasting, he is El. Who, who was God before the beginning? El, not Elohim. Elohim came in the beginning when he created the heavens and the earth. So who is El? El is God alone. He is what the Hebrew say, the self-existing one. Do you understand that? He's the self-existing one. That's who El is. He is God. There is Elohim who is the gods. He's the counsel of the gods. Elohim is the Godhead, three in one. He's the Father, He's the Son, He's the Holy Spirit. But El is God. With El, you don't think about three, you think about one. With Elohim, you think about what? You think about three, not one. That's why in Deuteronomy chapter 6, the Bible says, Moses said to the children of Israel, Hear, O Israel, the Lord, Yahweh, Yahweh, the Lord thy God is one. How? What do you say? What do you say? What do you say? Because in the Hebrew, he said, Yahweh, Elohim. Is one. He's saying the laws, the gods is one. So he says Yahweh is Elohim, but he is one. That's a mystery of the Godhead. So the Holy Spirit is the splitter of the Godhead. He's the one who splitted the Father from the Son and the Holy Spirit. That's who the Holy Spirit is. That's why the Word without the Spirit can function. The Father without the Spirit can function because the Bible calls Him the Spirit of the Father. Amen. Yet He turns again and calls Him the Spirit of Jesus Christ. So He is the Spirit that was both in the Father and the Son simultaneously. 
We know that the body without the spirit can't function. So God without the spirit can't function. The word without the spirit can't function. The spirit of God is the glue of the Godhead. So when you talk about the Holy Spirit, we're actually talking about the high-ranking one in the Godhead. Because the Father without the Spirit can't work. Who is the Spirit? He is the multi-dimensions of God. He is God everywhere and God at the same time. You see, the Spirit of God is, is the God who goes and the one who stays. Only the Spirit of God has that ability. Jesus didn't have that ability. Jesus could disappear from one place to another. The Spirit of God does not need to disappear. He can appear at all places at the same time. Spirit of God, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Elohim. He's the Spirit in Himself, the Spirit in the Father, the Spirit in the Son. Amen. That's why God didn't talk to the Son to make man in His image. He didn't talk to the Father. He spoke to the Holy Spirit. He spoke to the Holy Spirit. The church. Is yet to know who the Holy Ghost is. The church is yet to know. We are yet to know that day we find out who the Holy Spirit is. He did not send the Father to live in us, He sent the Spirit. Because He's the one that activates our DNA. All of a sudden, we are realized we are the God. He said, Every sin committed against the Father and the Son in this world shall be forgiven. But the sin against the Holy Spirit shall not be forgiven in this life and in the next. He says you can speak as bad as you like about the Father and the Son. You will be forgiven if you ask forgiveness. But there you speak evil and blaspheme the Holy Ghost. He says you will never be forgiven. You will never be forgiven. Why is the Godhead more sensitive about the Spirit than themselves? Because the Spirit is the one that makes everything work. So he tells the seven spirits of God, the Holy Spirit. That's, that's another mystery in and of itself. Because he is the seven spirit of God. Do you get you understand that? Yes. He is the seven spirits, and the seven spirits of God are all, oh Lord, are all manifestations of the spirit. Let me give it to you this way. When God met Moses, he said, I am who? I am Jehovah. Abraham knew me by El Shaddai. So according to Abraham, there was no, no such thing as El, El Jehovah. There's no such thing as Yahweh. All Abraham knew about God was El Shaddai. And God comes and reveals himself to Moses as Yahweh, the one who fights in wars. Abraham didn't know that part of God. But was it a different God? He was the same. The seven spirits of God are like that. It is the Holy Spirit embodying wisdom as though there is no such thing as understanding. <laughs> That's why a person can have the spirit of might like Samson and not have the spirit of counsel and wisdom and fall. Why? Because he had the might of God but lacked the wisdom of God. 
They are individual manifestations, individual operations, yet one Holy Spirit. So he says, make man in our image. And after our resemblance. And after our resemblance. That's why the Bible says when the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus, he came on him in corporeal form. You know what corporeal form? You know what corporeal form? Body and spirit. That's corporeal. And Jesus, when he speaks about the Holy Spirit, he says, I will send you another comforter. The Alos Parakletos. Alos means the same one who looks like me, who talks like me, who thinks like me. It's not heteros. Alos is, this, is, 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 is one of the same kind. It's like my twin. You know what heteros? Heteros is you are my brother or my sister, but not my twin. Twin, you are saying heteros. We, we share the same features. So the Spirit of God is one who shares the same features with Jesus. That's why he says, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Why? I bear his image. However Jesus looked like, that's how the Holy Ghost looked like. However Adam looked like, that's how the Holy Ghost looked like. So what does that mean? Jesus looked like Adam. <laughs> he looked like Adam. He looked like exactly like Adam. Make man in our image and let them have that word dominion. Let's go back here. Because something there doesn't make sense. I'll show you. Something there in Genesis doesn't make sense. Something in Genesis doesn't make sense. And God said, make man in our image, according to our likeness, and let them have, let them have dominion. That makes sense. It doesn't make sense because you read over which, over what man was supposed to have dominion over, and you start asking several questions that we will ask right now. It says, let them have dominion over what? The fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the beast, over all the earth and everything that creeps on the earth. So why then did God create the fish, the beast, the cattle? He did not say to govern. He said dominion. Dominion means to oppress. To oppress. The stronger word that communicates this word is the word subdue. It means to bring under duress. In other words, to bring something that has been in rebellion under your bondage. Were the fish of the sea in bondage? That's what we're supposed to ask now. The birds of the air, were they under bondage? Were they in rebellion? Because God had just created them on the fourth and third days. What was going on? 
What's going on here? Why would God create the man after he created the beast and all those things? What is in the beasts that were unruly? Because dominion carries the notion that these things are unruly. So this man must have dominion over these fish that God had made, had just made a few days ago. He just made them. Incidentally, he made the beast, the cattle, on the same day he made the man. And he says, let him rule over dominion with the unruly. But God said, everything that he made, he saw that it was good. Something is wrong. Dominion for what? Ah, it's a mystery. It's a mystery because God he is doing something for Adam. He's doing something for him. You know what he's doing? He's laying out the tools for training. He's laying out the stage for training. Because God's mind is never really about the beast. Yeah. God's mind is never really about Adam having dominion over the fish. There's nothing wrong with the fish. He's not talking about the fish. He's not talking about the birds. He's referring to something. The demons. Why? But Moses could have said it. He did not have a language for it. How many times in the Old Testament do you find men using words like Satan, demons. How many times? If you read the entire Old Testament, you realize something about them. People in the Old Testament had no revelation. Yes. Revelation of Diablo. They had no revelation of who Satan was. You look at the Prince of Tyre. He was ruled by Satan. He did not know it. Go read Ezekiel chapter 28. He was ruled by Satan. He did not know it. Why? He had no revelation. There had no revelation of Satan. He was hidden. When Job, when Job was struck down by Satan, the Bible emphatically tells us it was Satan. But Job did not know it was Satan. Job kept saying it was who? God. Why? They had no revelation. So Moses was not given the language to articulate the reality of what God was saying Adam should have dominion over. Because when Jesus comes, he starts talking about the birds of the air as demons. He starts talking about the wild beasts. He starts talking about serpents, creeping things, and scorpions. I give you power over serpents and scorpions. Does that mean he's talking about physical scorpions? No. It's concealed language. Do you understand? We speak wisdom in a mystery. It's wisdom in a mystery. So God was talking here about Satan, fallen angels, demons, and principalities. Let them walk to me. That is why today, Satan is doing to man what was meant to be done to him. Man was, was originally the designated oppressor of Satan. Let them have dominion. You see that? Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air. He's, he's talking about regions here. He's talking about the sea. He's talking about the air. He's talking about the earth. 
dominion over that sea, over that air, and over that cattle, and over all the earth, and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created ye him, male and female, he created them. He said he's a great mystery. He's a great mystery. Today, what's the number one assignment of Jesus Christ? Sit at my right hand until I make you enemies with That's dominion. That's dominion. Jesus dies to give birth to a new creation, to go back up to heaven again and sit down until all his enemies are brought under him. Who are the true enemies of Christ? Satan who fell. But in Genesis he says, let them have dominion. So man had a throne. Man had a throne. He was born in throne. Eden was the throne of Adam. It was the headquarters from which he would rule the whole world. He would rule the whole earth. I want you to use the words there that I give you, okay? Mm -hmm. Elohim stands in the congregation of the elders. Read it again. Read the way I gave it to you. Elohim stands in the congregation of the elders. What I just told you will be justified by what he says next. Read it. He judges among the gods. He judges among who? Who are the elves? 
the gods. The gods. So who was that? Yeah, something about Adam. Read verse number... Okay, let's finish reading this and then go there. Defend the poor and the fatherless. So he's not... The God he's talking to is not the gods in the celestial heavens. No. Defend the poor and the fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and the needy. We're talking about, talking about men. They do not know, nor do they understand. They walk in darkness. All the foundation of the earth is unstable. And verse 6 says, I said you are gods. And all of you, children of the most high, but you shall die like men and fall like one of the princes. Hmm? It's too hard. Yep. Yep. I want to read you something. Second Corinthians chapter number 4. Very quickly, okay? Second Corinthians <laughs> chapter number four. Read there, please. Uh, verse three. Oh, eh, no. Mm, verse three. Yeah, verse three. But if our gospel is vain, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds. Please read there. Oh, oh, whose who's mind? The God. the God of this world, the God of this. Now, who's the, who's the God of this age? Satan, right? Let me ask you this. When did Satan become a God? Was he not an angel? <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, the, the, the God of the. When did he become an When did he become a God? When did he become? He was an angel. The, the Bible says Satan was an angel. He was Lucifer. All of a sudden, he's referred to here as a god. When did he become a god? Oh. And to show that he is truly a god, the god of this age, as the Bible says, Jesus speaks about this, he says, the god of this age is coming. Yet he has nothing on me. Jesus referred to him as the God of this age. Matthew chapter 4, the Bible says, And Satan took him up on a high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said unto him, If you are bow down and worship me, all these kingdoms and all their glory, I shall give unto you. And in Luke he says, For they have been given to me to give to whosoever I want. He's a God. Because God rules kingdoms. The Prince of Tyre, Ezekiel chapter number 28. 
For thou thinkest thyself to be God, yet you are a man. How could he think a man that he is a God? You read there in verse number 9. He says, Son of man, take up a lamentation against the king of Tyre. Thou art Lucifer. Ah, so you know why the prince of Tyre thought that he was a God. Because the king of Tyre was possessing him. When did he become a God? When Adam passed on that title to him by sinning. The God, really, who is mine? The God of this age. Mm. <laughs> so if Adam had not sinned, who would be the God of this world? Adam. Adam. <laughs> so Adam was who then? A God. A God. Adam was a God. Who is a God? A God is a divine being. So, God could rest because he made his equal. Adam was now equal to God in nature. Because only gods can rule over what? Angels. Yeah. <laughs> only gods! Who else? And God rested when? On the seventh day. He rested. He rested. <laughs> you understand that? Yeah. The, the Bible says he ceased from his works. Why would God cease from his works? He found somebody who was his equal. Who could do what God Hallelujah. can do. Hallelujah. That's why Adam had to be made in the seven spirits of God. Because God works by the seven spirits of God. So when he made Adam, he said, Out! He can do what I do so I can go. You see that? So when Adam, that's why Jesus came. He said, I work even as my father works. God stopped resting when Adam sinned. He stopped resting when Adam sinned. He got back to work again. Hmm. Yes. But when Jesus came, God rested. He's been resting since. Why? The church is here. That's why today, today, somebody asks, if God is so good, why is so many people dying? Why so much evil in the world? People are dying left, right, and center. How can God be good? Because the church is sleeping. All authority has been given unto me in heaven and in earth. God has no authority in heaven. It's given to Jesus. God has no authority on earth. It's given to Jesus. But Jesus said what? Go ye therefore. Amen. So Jesus has no authority in heaven. And he has no authority on earth. Who has it? The church. If people are dying left, right, and center, who's to blame? The church. But because the world does not know the church, they think it's God, and God is looking at the church. <laughs> I say, is that true? For verily I say unto you, that whatsoever you shall bind in earth shall be bound in heaven. How does man rule heaven? By what? Walking in the earth. Look at it. He's saying, 
He's not saying whatever you bind on heaven in heaven will be bound on earth. He's saying whatever you bind on earth. So heaven, what? Listens to the dictates of what? The earth. Hallelujah. So who's the real ruler here? Jesus is sitting down. Hallelujah. <laughs> Jesus is sitting down. Jesus is sitting. Yeah, if God loves me, why is my life so tough? Because you ain't doing nothing about it. If you would do something about it, changes would come. said to Moses, you shall be to them as God. Mm. And Aaron shall be your prophet. It's, not, it's God. He said that to Moses. He says, you shall be God to them. God is not afraid to make men God. God died so that men can be God. Today, everything God can do, you can do. But you see, it is hidden in the seven spirits of God. It is hidden in creation. If you cannot unlock the mysteries of Genesis 1, you will never as a Christian reign in this life. Let's go back to Genesis. I think I have 15 more minutes. <coughs> Interesting? Amen. Chapter 2. <coughs> so God rests because man is awake. See that? Amen. See that? Amen. Yep. I want to read you something. Oh. Hmm. Can, can I read it to you? Yeah. Verse 15. No, let's read verse 10. Ah, let's read verse 10. Let's read verse 10. Now a river went out of yeah. to water the garden. A river went out from Eden to water the garden. Yeah. And from there it parted and became four rivers. Yes. The name of the first river was called what? Yes. Increase. The name of the second river was called what? Here? Yeah? The name of the second river was called what? Ha? Havila, where there is gold. Where there is gold. The name and the land and the goal of that land is what? The Dilium and the Onyx Stone are there. The name of the second river is what? Gihon, bursting forth. It is the one that goes around the whole land of Kush, Ethiopia. <coughs> are you getting some things here? Yes. Yeah? Are you getting something here? Amen. This is the look. He's giving us the location. Of Eden. He's giving us the location of Eden. He says, This river, it, it runs throughout the land of Kush. Kush is the is Ethiopia, modern day Ethiopia. 
And can I tell you something? Today they have found, they have found that the soil of Ethiopia is the richest soil in the earth. They have found, they have found that today the soil of Ethiopia is the richest soil in the earth. Yes, Ethiopia. The most beautiful people on earth, you find them in Ethiopia. There's no, there are no people as beautiful as Ethiopia. None. None. Did you, did you know that? Yeah. Huh? You didn't know that. <laughs> oh God, you didn't know that. <laughs> the name of the third river is <laughs> Hirakel, which means rapid. So you, you heard the first one is what? Increase. Increase. Bursting forth. Rapidly. It's a revelation. So Adam was living in the realm of what? Increase. That was what? Rapidly bursting forth. And there was gold. Which was gold. And the onyx stone was there also. This is where man was living. I neglect to say that it really is. Which now it is the the one which goes toward the east of what? Assyria. It is the one that goes east of Assyria. So this river, right? It's split into four heads. Right? So at the center was Eden. When it reached the garden, it split into four heads. And here, he's if, if, if your wives, after today, you know where you go? You go to your map, right? And you look at the river that runs through Euphrates. You look at the river that runs across uh, Ethiopia. And you will see something there. You will see the exact location of the Garden of Eden. The exact location. Hmm. Pastor, do you know? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen it? Yep. <laughs> you know where it's lying today? <clears throat> it's underwater. That's where Eden is. Under the water. Way under the water. <laughs> I know that's for you to find out. Are you certain? Yep. The fourth river is the river Euphrates. Fruitfulness. You see that? <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. You know where's the river Euphrates today? Yeah? And right now, there are four angels bound at the river Euphrates. If you go to Armenia, you know where is Armenia? In Middle East, near the Persian Gulf, there is a river called the river Euphrates. Today, there are four angels there that are bound. These are the four angels that are mightier and stronger than Satan. 
That's why they are bound. But they will be released at the time where the prince of the bottomless pit is let out. You know who he is, right? Apollyon. The river Euphrates will be dried up to prepare it for the passageway for the kings of the east on the day of Armageddon, the great war. Now these priests will be walking through the river Euphrates going to Jerusalem where Armageddon, the war Armageddon will take place. It will take place on the mountains, hills of Megiddo. You know where's Megiddo today? Huh? You don't know where's Megiddo today? Megiddo today is very close to where uh, Russia is today. So the whole Armageddon, you, you can, by just reading the Bible, you can tell where everything is going to take place. So Jesus comes down on the mountain of olives, the same mountain he lifted up from. When he steps down, he parts a valley between the two mountains. He establishes his kingdom in <clears throat> Jerusalem, the kings of the east. The king, you know who are the kings of the east? You know who are they? China and Russia. The kings of the east will gather an army against the Lord. This is after the thousand year period. They will make their march right through Jerusalem. And from there, with a breath, they shall all be vanquished. <laughs> The battle of Megiddo is not where there's war. We don't fight. We never fight. We don't fight. But so the Lord will destroy them with the breath of his mouth. You know when I think about the future, my God. My God. Right? The Lord took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend it and to keep it. The Lord commanded the man saying, of every tree of the garden you may feed. But of the knowledge of the tree, of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day you shall eat, you shall what? Die. And the Lord said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Who said it? Why did God say that? Why did God say that? Yeah? Do you know why God said that? Yeah? God. How did God become God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit? He said, it is not good that I be alone. So I'll make myself into three parts. Hmm. Why? He functioned more efficiently as Elohim than he would have when he functioned as Adam. That's all right. <laughs> That's all right. So Adam alone couldn't function. Adam needed to be Adam and Eve. 
We'll continue next week. Hallelujah. You learned something? Just pray in tongues. Just pray in tongues. is in the GDP of South Africa is about uh, 3.8 trillion rands, right? About 3.3 trillion rands. The gross domestic product uh, about 3 trillion rands, right? The debt of South Africa is 56%. In fact, last, last quarter it went up uh, by 2%, so about 58 or 57% of its GDP. That means South Africa's debt is about 1.7, 1.8 trillion, right? 1.7, 1.8 trillion, right? That debt, <coughs> what people don't know, is actually up for sale. So a person can come and say, I'll buy the debt of South Africa. When he does that, South Africa now becomes indebted to the person. So that 1.3 trillion now is spread, the debt is spread. What is debt? Debt is the money that South Africa had to borrow from banks to fund its nation. That's what debt is. So South Africa goes to uh, the IMF or the International Bank and they say we need uh, 300 billion and IMF says all right 300 billion 
Sign a check. Some evidence that the building to use. But that that needs to be serviced, right? How that debt is serviced is serviced by you. When you pay your taxes and all those things, you are servicing the debt. Your vet, you are servicing the debt. Okay? Now, you have uh, a company that makes $500 million a year in revenue. Okay? $500 million a year. I'm just trying to show you something. Okay? $500 million. Not $500 million, $500 billion a year in revenue. Walmart. Founder Sam Walton. $500 billion. $500 billion. You know what $500 billion is? You know what $500 billion is? It's about 9.6 or 9.7 trillion rents here. So Walmart can buy the debt of South Africa and have a 56% stake in the country. Because that debt is what 56% of the GDP of the country. Or they can say, we'll buy this whole thing. Now, wait a moment. That's one company, right? Now, there's Jeff Bezos, whose net worth, whose personal net worth is 170, right now, $160 billion. That's about South Africa's GDP. So he's richer than all the citizens of South Africa. Put together. One man. One man. Is richer than all of us in South Africa put together. All of us. All of us. We are about how much? 66, 67 million population is richer than 66 million people. One man. Who is key? Jeff Bezos. He is key. What does that tell you about man? Man is key. Governments are nothing. Man is king. And Jesus says, You are those kings. You see, is that true? It's true. I'll teach you about culture. God bless you. See you guys Sunday, tomorrow. Oh. Praise the Lord. Well, uh, five days, six days left, right? All right. The last two days will come to church, all right? The last two days of our prayer summer, we'll come to church and do some, all right, mm-hmm. spiritual gymnastics. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the last the last two days. So it's this week and then probably that other week. Okay, so so it's the 25th, 27th, 28th, 29th, 30th, 30th. So Tuesday and Wednesday next that other week we'll be <coughs> in church. All right, we'll finish our 30. One day prayer sometimes. Have you guys been enjoying this? Yes. Yes. Lovely, huh? Yes. Amazing. Praise God. Uh, okay, let's take our offerings before I forget again.
So Father, we give you praise, we give you thanks for our offerings, we give them to you in reverence and adoration as symbols of trust and dependency of our financial lives and of you. Thank you for the grace of God that is allocated for us to be able to function, for us to be able, O oh God, to have all sufficiency. We give you praise, we give you honor, and we give in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. God bless you. Okay, you can give, you can give. Sorry. Hallelujah. Appreciate it. You can sing, you can sing. Oh, I'm a mother and conqueror through Christ, my Lord. I'm a mother and conqueror through Christ, my Lord. I'm a, I'm a mother and conqueror. Thank mm-hmm. you.